And, you know, when I was 18 to 20, I had the tumor. It grew back. It grew back. I had radiation. I was in and out of the hospital for two years. It was terrible. But I was perfectly at fine with peace and joy. And then later in life, I got critically ill again. And I was in pain from 2005 to 2007. But from 2007 to 2009, I was in agony. Three different doctors told me to make out my will and get my affairs in order. Um, and I, was, I wasn't I was even praying to get through days. I was praying to get through hours sometime. So... Despite our circumstances and personal perspective, God is there for us. He loves us, has a bigger plan than we can imagine. And most importantly, if we don't quit and stay steadfast on our course, we will always win and benefit from even the most hideous experiences and hardships. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila, the podcast that is spreading positivity around the world by sharing inspiring life experiences. Today's guest, David Pascalon, has lived a life full of intense challenges in every area. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, familial, relational, social, and financial. Through it all, David emerged victorious and now teaches people to be transparent, steadfast, confident, despite all odds. He'll be sharing with us some of his traumatic life experiences and how he powered through them all. Hello, David, and welcome to Podcast with Sheila. Hey, Sheila, how are you today? I'm good. Good. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm glad we got to meet face-to-face. Yeah, finally. (laughs) Finally. Anyway, let's get started. So let's get to know a little bit more about you, um, where you come from, the basic stuff like that before we delve into the um, the story proper today. Yeah, no problem. I was born outside of Boston, Mass., in Milford, Massachusetts, and I grew up there for 20 years. And then after that, I went to college in Pensacola, Florida, circled the country, traveled it extensively for work, lived in a few states along the way, and then God brought us back to Pensacola, Florida in 2007, and I've been here since. So I do the podcast, the Remarkable People podcast, it is a ministry just to help people grow, not only sharing remarkable stories of our guests, but then we break down the steps of how they overcame or achieved their, their greatness um, so our listeners can too. So that's the podcast. And then for a career, I'm a sales and marketing consultant, and I just help people grow. They show me what their goal is. We reverse engineer the plan, and then we do it. Wow. I'm excited for today's episode for a few reasons. Um, Basically, because I hear the God factor in your story as I read through um, your page. And um, I see... I see the remarkable hand of God in your life based on your story and I identify with it in person as I've also been through quite some journey in my life. So I'm excited about us talking about God today and the things he can do for us in our lives through your story as we bring it out. And I I trust that our audience will be blessed by everything we share today. So let's start from the very top. What was life like for you growing up? All right, as a child, and I'll summarize, and then if you want to dig deeper, we can, because yeah. I'm probably like you and most of your listeners. I forget yeah. more than I will remember, but exactly. in conversation, things pop up. up. So basically, when I was born, 
um, my mom wasn't married and she loved me and she did her absolute best, but she had her own struggles in life that she hadn't dealt with to that point. So while my dad was very wealthy, he wanted nothing to do with her, nothing to do with me. So I grew up for the first um, four and a half years with my grandmother and my mother in my grandmother's home. And then during that time, like I said, my mom loved me and my grandmom loved me, but my mom was kind of doing the best she could do to be a mom. But there was issues there and it, it you know, it, everything trickles downhill, right? Yeah. So as a kid, you know, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, yeah. but I was also watching her die the whole time of cancer. And then when I was four and a half, she passed away. And then my mom decided to take a trip to California to try to help my uncle when he moved and get a fresh start. Um, but we came back shortly thereafter, and then it was just me and my mom. So it was a really lonely uh, kind of childhood. I never really had a quote-unquote normal childhood in the sense of like playing. I always had a heavy responsibility on me. I mean, I was working a lot at 11 and helping with bills and rent and by the time I was 14 during the summers, I was working 70, 80 hours a week. And then, uh, you know, yeah. that's kind of like life. And I love my mom. She did the best she could do. But there was definitely, you know, serious issues within the home. And then when I turned 18, I was sick from like 12 years old to 18. And they kept thinking I was like a hypochondriac because I was always sick and they couldn't figure it out. Well, because of some of the issues my mom had, they thought it was learned behavior. So I was watching her be sick all the time. So I was being sick all the time. But really, it wasn't the moment chosen effect. It was I had a tumor in my head the size of an orange with a tail down my throat. And I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then when I was 18, I went deaf. But because now I had the legal ability to make my own decisions at 18, I demanded to get my tonsils taken out. And then when they took my tons, they went to go take my tonsils out right before the surgery. They saw this huge lump in my palate that I was telling them about for six months. And they're like, oh, what's that? It must be an abscess. We're, we're going to get a CAT scan just to be safe. And then from that moment, the years of me feeling like I was going crazy because they kept telling me that everything came into balance. It was like, dude, you're not crazy. Yeah. They're jerks and idiots, and they weren't listening or checking or doing their job, and you have a tumor in your head. So at that point, they told me I was going to die, but I was super happy because I knew God. I knew I was going to live with him eternally, and I knew now that I wasn't crazy. So I was like, this is great. I don't care if I live or die. I just want to make sure it wasn't me, and it wasn't me. It was an yeah. evil tumor in my head. Wow. So that that's the first that's the first 18 years. <laughs> wow. Wow. That that was some kind of journey. But as you were talking, something quite hit me and I want us to talk about it. The bit that you said your mom did her best um, in raising you up. And sometimes we tend to blame our parents, our moms, our dads. We, we tend to think as children that they did not do enough for us. I just want us to talk about that more. As children, we think they did not do enough for us. But... I always believe that they did their best because like me, I will do my best for my children to the best of my ability. You get it. But when they grow up and they think I did not do enough, they can't blame me because at, at the point, at the 
at the time I had them, I did my best. And that was my best. That was what I had as a best. So our emphasis here now is for children not to put too much pressure on parents. Blame them that they were not there enough for them. Because believe you me, at the time, that was the best for the children. Because I see lately a lot of children tend to blame their parents. She's not doing much for me. He's not doing much for me and stuff like that. Granted, some parents are not doing much. But most of the time, every parent loved their children and they'll do the best for them. So that is their best. Unless you want to add something to this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm tracking right with you. And I do want to add this. So I'm like you, the majority of parents are doing their best. Yeah. And nobody's perfect. Nobody's getting exactly. it all right. You know, we have the Bible as our instruction manual for life. Yeah. But sometimes when we're in between the chaos of life, it's like, well, what do I do specifically in this situation? Yeah, yeah. So you, you do your best under the circumstances and you move forward. Now, there is a differentiation because, you know, you have some parents who are truly horrible humans yeah. and you have some parents who are true narcissists and they yeah. only care about themselves and it's mental and emotional abuse, maybe even physical and sexual abuse. Um, so for the majority, I would say for sure I agree with you and society, television, they're trying to put this mindset in our youth of today that, hey, your problems are from your parents, mm -hmm. disrespect your parents, mm -hmm. blame your parents, and then isolate from your parents. Yeah. Don't don't restore. Don't make things right. Don't don't do the work to have a good foundation and relationship. Just walk away. And that's total BS from the devil. Yeah. Now, there are parents who raise you and they were bad parents and they're still a bad human and they are toxic, but we're still their child. So I'm not saying take the abuse, but you still want to make every effort to be loving and kind. And again, like you said, you, myself, your listeners right now, the people hearing my voice, you may have legitimately, I learned this behavior from my blank mm -hmm. mother, father, yeah, right? Yeah. I inherited this rage from my mother or father, whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, okay, that might be true where it originated or came from. But now we have the responsibility to break those generational sins, to yeah. break those bad habits. Yeah. And it's our responsibility. Exactly. Now, if we have a parent who's still abusive, it gets hard. It gets, it gets very difficult. Um, but you love them. You set boundaries. And if they cross those lines... It's over. Hey, I love you, Dad. I love you, Mom, but I'm taking off for the day. See you in a week. I mean, you just got to have a clear boundary in line. But for the most part, I would say you're 100% right. But there are cases where, like, you know, if your dad was yeah. Charles Manson, yeah. mm -hmm. he's, a, yeah. he's a psycho. Yeah. But yeah. he's still somebody's father. He's actually exactly. a lot of people's father, right? Yeah. So you're always going to have a natural love that God puts in you for mm -hmm. your parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you blame them for mm. your decisions today. But it also doesn't mean you you like you forgive them. But you're not an idiot and trust them blindly exactly. just because they're your parent. So you got to have balance and boundaries. Wow, I like that. I like that. I also read um, that um, you were constantly told by those around you that you were good for nothing. So in quotes like lazy, undisciplined, and useless. How did that affect or impact your growth? Man, I'm not going to lie. I still struggle with that to this day. Like I, I have, you know, you have friends and people you're very close to that you share your intimate thoughts, a spouse. Um, 
But even this week, I just start getting bombarded, like, with inside the thoughts. Like, you're useless. You're no good. You're a Mm. waste of life. And Mm. I'm hearing this evil in my head, and it's not helping. It's not, you know, guilt is from Satan. Conviction is from God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you have these thoughts, one of my good friends taught me this about five years ago. The accusing thoughts that you're hearing. Are they saying, I am useless and worthless, or are they saying, you are useless and worthless? Mine are typically, you're useless, you're worthless, you're no good. That's a thought that Satan and his demons are trying to put inside of me. Yeah. You're, see, it's them talking into me. And that's a lie, and you just renounce it. I speak scripture out loud, and yeah, I, yeah. there's a lot of things I do to overcome that. Mm-hmm. But make first is making the delineation. Is it you feeling that way about yourself, or are you being oppressed? Okay, so that's number one. Um, number two is, you know, when I was a kid, I still to this day, it baffles me. I was always honest. I was always like truthful. I would never steal. I always try to do the right thing. Now, and no kids, perfect. But I'm saying I made a concerted effort yeah. to not do anything wrong, to win my mom's love, and to not like do yeah. anything to disrupt her, to yeah. make her upset because yeah. she yeah. had enough on yeah. her plate, right? Yeah. But yet, I was always treated like I was a liar. And I was always like put down, and you're no good, and you're lazy, and you're mm-hmm. this, and you're that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know why it happened, but looking back now as an adult, I love the story of Joseph that God put in the Bible. Mm. His father loved him, but his own family and everybody else hated him, betrayed him, and then he had great value, and he kept moving up. And then as soon as he moved up, even when he was in prison, you know, Potiphar's wife lies and says he tried to rape her when she was just the one trying to sleep with him. So every time the guy does the wrong thing, I mean the right thing, he still gets convicted of the wrong thing. Yeah. But in the end, he ends up being right underneath. He was like the number one two man in, yeah. in Egypt. He saved his family and, you know, thousands of people. And God, even though he might not have, Joseph understood the journey, God made it out to his benefit, not just in this world, but I'm sure in eternity to come. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're doing the right thing and you don't know what's happening or why, just cling to God. You just got to keep going back to God and truth. And in our life, oh man, 20 years seems so long. 20 days sometimes seems long. But in eternity, it's nothing. So just stay faithful. Just stay consistent. Be real with God. And then when this life is over, God will tell you when. You don't ever take your own life. But whether it's 20 years or 120 years or something in between, when you go home to eternity, it's forever. And as long as you know Christ is your Savior, you're good to go. Wow. Uh, the po- that's a, the power of positive words, is it? And it goes a long way to do more in our lives. Sometimes we don't even know that the words we speak out, you know, goes a lot to impact our lives. Like I would always say, when I hear some of these negative words or people throw them at, at me, for me, I think I've been able to do it for a very long time. So it comes naturally. I just block in my head, I just block the voice. I block it. And I I rubbish the person talking about me like that or saying the negative things about me in my head. And it's blocked. You know, to me in my head, I'm saying, that's nonsense. Like I'm saying, and that's it. is out. But um, I think we have to be very conscious of the things we throw out there. 
because they seriously impact the person we are directing the words to. It could be anybody, your friends, your children, it could be anybody. What I want us to do today is take the topic, expand on it to other areas so that in every area of our lives, if anybody is listening, they can relate to it. Oh yeah, I said this to my child. That's not right. You should know that indirectly is affecting the person. The person may not be saying it, maybe bottling it in, but a lot of damage is going on. So what can we say about positive words? You know, for me, I say that he created me in his image and in his likeness from the background of a Christian. He, God created me in his image and in his likeness. If somebody is telling me I'm useless, then it means God is useless. But I know he's not useless. So if I was created in his image, just the way he is, then I can't be useless. Then I, I am creative. I am above. I am not beneath. I have all things working for my good. And I also say to myself most of the time that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. So anything else, I work with that in mind, with that positivity in mind all the time, knowing that I'm untouchable. I'm fearless. I cannot, you know, nothing can get to me. Even though sometimes, sometimes some of the things we face can be so scary but then we are able to, I'm able to bring myself out of some of these positive things. So what can you say? Being there, living it, hearing some of the negative things people have said to you, living a difficult, traumatic life. What actually brought you out of that? Man, I always had, so when I was a kid, <clears throat> I grew up where my grandmother went to the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. My mom went to a charismatic evangelical mm. church and i always grew up with there was a god but i didn't know god yeah. and i remember there's a little bible mm. on the shelf mm -hmm. and every time i looked at that i couldn't even read but i flipped through it i always felt peace so yeah. growing up i knew there was a god a creator but i didn't know him or have a personal relationship with him until I was 15. So I was under a lot of stress, a lot of, like, you know, I used to have nervous twitches and disorders. And and um, when I was 15, that's when I understood God loves us. Everything he created is perfect. We screwed things up by being tempted and falling for Satan's lies. Then, so we don't have to go to the lake of fire and be in torment for eternity, God sent Jesus, the sacrifice. He sent his own son to die for us so that we could be saved. And the Bible says simply, there's one race, the human race, right? There's different cultures, there's different natures, but there's one race, the human race. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if we just ask God to save us and mean it, know he's the only way and we trust him, we're saved from torment forever and that's a beautiful thing so when i was 15 i got that stability and that foundation that's why no matter what happened to me in life and some of your listeners are christians some of them are but man find everything in the bible is true there's not one falsification there's not one inaccurate statement we may read it wrong but then you go back and study it and it's like oh yeah. i see how that works yeah. um so I always had that foundation, like even in physical torment, mental torment, emotional torment. And, you know, when I was 18 to 20, I had the tumor. It grew back. It grew back. I had radiation. I was in and out of the hospital for two years. It was terrible. But I was 
perfectly fine with peace and joy. And then later in life, I got critically ill again, and I was in pain from 2005 to 2007. But from 2007 to 2009, I was in agony, and I dropped down to like 145 pounds, and I was just, the doctors told me, three different doctors told me to make out my will and get my affairs in order, uh, and I, was, I wasn't even praying to get through days. I was praying to get through hours sometimes. So what all this goes back is it's not about me, it's about God. Yeah. And that verse you use, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. That is the verse I was already, that I was thinking of because what that's saying is if you are a Christian, when you trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Ghost comes and lives inside you. And there's more power of yeah. God in yeah. us yeah. than all evil yeah. in the world combined yeah. at all times. Yeah. So David Pasqualone can get killed by Satan in a blink of an eye. Mm. But he can't touch me. He can't touch Sheila because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So when you go back to, you know, whether it's quote-unquote good days or quote-unquote bad days, man, I have that stability in Christ. But like I said, I used to hear every day how worthless I was and how useless I was, blah, 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 blah. So I don't want you to think by my comments earlier, thank God it's not like that every day anymore. But sometimes... You know, if I'm sliding away, if I'm getting carnal, if something's mm. going on in my life, put in stress, saying the tax. He's like, ooh, this is the opportunity. I might be able to get Dave today. So then he just starts the day pounding me with you're no good. So a technique that I've been using the last year that has helped tremendously, and if you're listening, again, if you trust Christ or if you don't, try it. Yeah. Take all the things that are, like if you wake up and you can't sleep or you wake up from nightmares, get a pen and paper. Not a type, just a pen and paper. And as fast as you can, write down, write down, write down everything that's bothering you. Not like detailed paragraph, Mm. just bullets. Like, man, I can't make my car payment. Man, it's like my kid's going the wrong way. Man, it's like da-da-da. Just the whole list, everything you can think of, dump your head on paper. And then the Bible says that Jesus says, cast your cares upon me, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So take all the cares and the weight that's on you and just dump it on that paper. And then what I do is I pray to God. I say, God, Jesus, you you love me. You say you're going to take care of this. Mm -hmm. This is yours. I can't do it. And then either I'll go back to bed at that moment and the next day I'll wake up and do this. Or that night, just depending on how I feel, I take all the things I just wrote down. They're all lies. So then I take another piece of paper on the other side of the paper and I write the truth. Like, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Yeah. No. The truth is, the Lord always provides. Exactly. Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. You know, it's like my kids, they might not be going the way I'd like them to yeah. because I'm afraid for their well-being. But the truth is, train up a child in the way, you know, he, he or she go will go. And, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Yeah. Right? So you just take all the lies that Satan puts in your head, and you put it in the truth. Yeah. Then when you're done, whether you crinkle it up or burn it, get rid of the lies. Say, screw you, Satan. Sorry to be crude, but I'm not nice to Satan because he's not nice to me. Yeah. And if he was nice to me, it's fake anyways. He's yeah. a liar. Yeah. yeah. So then I take the, the good truths, and I keep those. Yeah. I burn the lies. I keep the truths. Yeah. And, man, it's helped me tremendously over the last year. You know so that, hopefully it helps you too. Yeah. 
I would try that as well. But a lot of things coming into my head. I don't know what to ask first. But I believe, I believe personally, I believe my life is a testimony. And I believe yours is a testimony as well. And there's something unique that happened today. And in thinking of it, I believe that God was trying to get my attention. Because I'm always up and running with too many things having to do as, at, the, at the same time. And I woke up this morning strong and healthy then all of a sudden just around seven in the morning i felt a sharp pain in my spine a sharp pain in my chest so i just took the children to school came back to sleep throughout till it was time to pick them up and i slept for a good four hours and just as i was about to wake up i just heard that i wanted your attention and the only way to get your attention is to put you in bed you know just like sleep sleep all the weight off and no i'm not rushing anywhere so he started talking yep. to me. I felt, I know he's talking to me that I want you to be the mouth, my mouthpiece in this end time. A lot of people need to hear this. I want you to be my mouthpiece. And I know my life has been a testimony. And in the last couple of days, I received an email from somebody who is called um, Christine Flack, was married to a one time Ten, top tennis player in the U.S. who is now um, advocating for sepsis. And I've had sepsis before. And her husband had sepsis and died. And sepsis kills you straight away. But I had sepsis and a few people get sepsis and don't die. And one of those few people is me. And I'm thinking, all of these put together and everything else, I'm thinking, even my life is for a reason. In some way, somehow, some of these things are beginning to come together for me. So I want to ask you, you've been through all of these, very traumatic, looking at your journey from how sick you've been and all of that. I want to, we'll talk about your marriage in a minute, but from where we've come from. And I know that God has, is using you to change the lives of people. Do you think that sometimes we go through the things we go through because God needs attention for a project or for a purpose or for a task ahead of us and then he'll take us through all the things we have to go through and if that is what it is somebody will ask as a christian why would he put you through all of that all the pain because somebody will say i want to be a christian but the, the moment i accepted christ was when my problems got bigger i don't yeah. think this is real this is true you know all of those things i'm sure you might have heard them before what can we say about things like that Right now, no matter where you are or when you're listening to this, mm. this is a timeless truth that doesn't change. Yeah. You have to get out of your mind that God caused problems or God caused pain <laughs> or God did this. God never causes or sins. Okay? Sometimes he allows Satan to do things in our life so we can learn. But in the end, God doesn't cause harm so if you're like why do i have cancer why does my loved one have cancer why was my my child born like this or like that man that's satan you gotta change your thinking satan caused the pain satan caused the disease satan caused the whatever satan caused all that god made a perfect world satan came in and scrambled it up like a little bitter child because he knows when this life is over he's gonna burn an eternity in the lake of fire so he, misery loves company. He's trying to take everyone he can with him. So now God gives us free will. We can choose to love him or we can choose to reject him. 
So if we're going through life and things are hard or difficult, you know, and you can make a list, you know, who's got the bigger hardship of life. There's some people have terrible, terrible yeah. lives. But that doesn't mean God doesn't love them or wasn't there for them. That means Satan's really attacking them because there's probably huge greatness in them. Yeah. And Satan doesn't want them yeah. to be free. Yeah. He doesn't want them to know the truth. He doesn't want them to live a victorious Christian life with peace and joy and love. So the first thing you got to do is remember, God's always good. Yeah. And then to answer your question, do you think God allows it for us to grow? Yes, 100%. Now, one thing that I think our churches today do is they put these standards in, mm. and they're nowhere in the Bible, and not standards of right from wrong, because mm. God gave us the mm. law. Mm. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about standards is, well, this is how God behaves, and this is how he doesn't behave. Come on! God in the Bible talks and communicates through so many different ways. And right when you think, oh, I got this down, he does something different that nobody would ever say God would yeah. do, but he yeah. does, yeah. right? Yeah. He, yeah. he has a donkey talk. He has the C part. Hmm. He, has, uh, he uses a prostitute to do his work. I mean, he does all sorts of stuff because he doesn't see us as we see us. Yeah. He sees the heart. You know, David... People know David mostly for David and Goliath. Yeah. And that whole story, they're not reading their Bible. They're listening to someone story. pass it down yeah. to them. Yeah. 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 You've got to read your Bible, what the story really says. Mm -hmm. But David was amazing. It says he was ruddy, like beautiful, and he was mm -hmm. strong, mm -hmm. and he was charismatic, and he won Saul over. So this was like a really like powerful human. And he had God's blessings all yeah. over him. Yeah. But then he also was a terrible father because he had a terrible relationship yeah, yeah, with his yeah. father. He committed uh, all sorts of atrocious sins, murder, adultery, and more. Yeah. And this is a guy that God said is after my own heart. Not the sin, but the pure man. Satan corrupted David at those points in his life. That's not who God says I'm like. God is the purity. Yeah. And there was something special in David, and there's something special in you, yeah. and there's something special in me. Yeah. And we have to make sure we remember, God is the pure, holy, holy, yeah. without yeah. sin, yeah. Yeah. without yeah. impurity. Yeah. Yeah. And Satan is the one that screws everything mm. up. Satan is the enemy. Satan is a liar. Satan is the author of confusion. So when God allows us to go through something painful, mm -hmm. it's only mm -hmm. for good, because our first love should be God. Yeah. And there's times, like, I'll be transparent. We had a lot of crazy stuff happen in our family, and the truth will always come out. But there is some definite walls between my children and I from lies, just absolute lies, things that just in their mind what they believe is not really what happened. They've been lied to by Satan and the people that yeah. follow Satan, right? Yeah. So the truth will come out, and as they get older, they mature. But it hurts so bad being distant from my kids in the sense of like emotional and intellectual and spiritual. Well, a lot of times when I'm at a low and I'm feeling that sadness, God's like, Dave, when's the last time you sat down and had quiet time with me? Yeah. So I'm like, man, I haven't seen my kid in a week. I haven't got yeah. to sit down and talk to him and break bread, have a yeah, meal. Yeah. And God's like, when's the last time you sat down with me and we, we had time together? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. my father. I yeah. want my kids to have time with their father, but what about me and yeah. my father? Yeah. 
So I think everything, all things work together for good to those that love, to love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I agree with you completely. Wow. Wow. So I also read um, that in 2014, something happened. There was a strain on your marriage with your wife of 14 years. I don't know if you want to share um, that as well. But uh, my question here mainly is, how were you because you had been through a lot and it was as if the dust has settled and then it comes up again the dust begins to come up again so how were you able to um, bring all of this together bring your family and everything back on track together in 2014 after um, your marital crisis yeah in 2014 my wife derailed and started making ungodly bad decisions and in 2015, everything came to a head. It devastated me, and I did everything I could to keep the marriage and family together. <clears throat> it was a mixture between The Twilight Zone, The Jerry Springer Show, and the movie The Good Son. It, it was a nightmare. And what I did is I pushed to get the outcome I wanted too hard, and instead of you know, God hates divorce, hmm. but he knows with adultery, it's so painful, yeah. he allows for it. And there is a point where it's just like if the spouse, male or female, is not going to change, you have to yeah. move on. Move on yeah. And my kids were begging me for the first four years, leave, 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 you know, you know take us with you, leave, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, get, a, yeah. get a divorce. And I'm like, no, I'm going to fight for the marriage, I'm going to fight for the marriage, I'm going to fight yeah. for the marriage. I fought way too long, damaged myself, damaged my kids, and then it got to the point where I worked really hard to help my wife restore the relationship with our two kids, who are teenagers now, and then how does she repay me? She turns them against me with lies. So it's like I go through the truth to help her restore her relationship, even though it was brutal, and then she turns and and just is a horrible human yeah. and i i don't want to get into the details because you know all my kids yeah. and their friends may listen to this but yeah. i'm not gonna lie but i'm trying to have respect and it's just the truth will always come out yeah yeah and i know in eternity i'm gonna be i'm good with god yeah but for this journey on earth it's been a really really tough tough time since 2014 and in the last year we got divorced um in 20 21 and after the you know i've had time to heal and now i'm looking back and i can see so much clearer but when you're in the middle of that chaos it's hard to see clear yeah. so putting all your effort in god hates marriage i mean hates marriage. he, he hates divorce. divorce he doesn't want people to get divorced but he puts that exception in there for adultery because he knows it's such a painful, painful thing, thing. Mm. and um I was listening again to the church instead of the word of God and I was I'm going to I'm going to fight I'm going to fight I'm going to just hold out till the miracle comes. And to be blunt, I almost died from the stress. Yeah. Um, my blood pressure was off the chart. I was sick. I'm still I haven't worked out since 2018. I got up to almost 230 pounds, but I'm not 6'10. I'm only 5'9. Mm. So that's a lot of weight to be carrying mm. around. But um overall now everything's good like i said god's good i'm doing great my kids are i love them to death and i'm just praying for them every day they're great they're talented they're wonderful but i just want them to have that real relationship with god and peace and joy so 
that's where we're at today. But it definitely wasn't a fun journey, but I've learned a ton through it. Wow. Wow, David. There's a lot that has been said here. I don't know, but um, I admire you as a person and I admire the fact that you've allowed God to use you through this journey. So what inspires you in life? Everybody's inspired inside, inspired. Um, I definitely believe the Holy Ghost. I mean, and then I have a love for God, I have a love for people, and I like to help. I like to make people happy. I like to see people smile and laugh, a real laugh, you know, mm -hmm. bring them joy in different ways. Um, but my motivation, inspiration a lot is, man, I don't want to get to eternity because you have two types of people. You want to, the world always wants to classify, but it's all crap. The only two classes are those who've trusted Christ and those who haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. even within them, you can have people who trusted Christ and then they waste their life. And you can have people who really live a moral life, but they never trust Christ. And it's sad because not because, you know, they're any better, I'm any better, or they're any better. It's just if you don't trust Christ, you know, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Yeah. So when you trust Christ, you're guaranteed eternity in heaven because God's not a liar. He made that promise. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. Not might be, shall yeah. be. Yeah. So when you have people who call upon the name of the Lord, that doesn't mean they're great, wonderful, marvelous people, right? Yeah. They can yeah. still yeah. make some really crappy jerk decisions. Yeah. So when I... I'm going to die and close my eyes and wake up. It says absence, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I want him to be like, give me a hug. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to be like, dude, you're a horrible human. You're like, you're bare. No, he would never say stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, he would say like, what did you do with your life? Exactly. You wasted it, yeah. you know? Mm. So mm. when you say what motivates me is mm. when I'm really, even when Satan's attacking me and down, you just want to lay in bed and not get up. It's like, dude, get off the mat. If you're in a boxing match or a UFC uh, MMA fight, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. die in the ring mm. or win. Yeah. Or at least get knocked out yeah. nobly, right? Yeah. If you go to war, die nobly or win the war. Yeah. Don't sit there in a hole crying. You know, it's just, yeah. so that, that's what I just, that's a lot of my motivation. My inspiration is, all right, if I'm here, there's a purpose, let's do it. And then you suck it up and you do it. My God, I like that. I like that. Will that be your final message to our listeners or you'd like to add something as we wrap up? No, I mean, if you have listeners, if you're like, you know, I'm Muslim or I'm any religion or I have no religion, I'm agnostic, I'm atheist. Mm -hmm. The principles found in the Bible are never wrong. Yeah. So start off just by reading the New Testament. Start off in John. And start off reading and see what it says. And it gives so much great life advice. You can read, a, you know, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. It was 30 to 31 days yeah. in most months, aside from yeah. February. Yeah. Yeah. Read a proverb a day. And it's not about reading it like a book, like i got to read this chapter. Yeah, yeah. It's just read it and think about what it's saying. And there's so much wisdom and there's so much truth. I mean, eventually, my hope is that you trust Christ as your Savior. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But your life will have huge value if you just apply the principles. Probably the greatest secular book ever written, yeah. I think it's translated in almost every language, is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. He refers to God, Jesus, the Bible throughout the book. 
He says the Bible's never wrong. Yeah. Yet he still himself admits, I don't trust Christ as my Savior like my parents do. Okay, so this is a man who sees the Bible's never wrong. He sees the benefit it's brought to his life, yes. and yet he rejects Christ. So see how it's about the relationship. Yeah. But if you are someone who's trusted Christ or not trusted Christ, and you want to better your life, best book in the world you can read is the Bible. It's the Bible. And you can get growth and you can learn how to handle people and relationships, how to be inspired, how to things not to do. Um, you know, the Old Testament, two thirds of the Bible is the Old Testament. That's the stories up yeah. until the point yeah. of Christ's birth. Yeah. Yeah. Then from Christ's birth through the future, yeah. where we haven't even been yet, that's Matthew, Matthew through Matthew. Revelation, the yeah. New Testament. So read it. It's a great it's a great it's no, it's a living book, but it's to some people just a book. But mm -hmm. if I had to leave off with advice to people who haven't trusted Christ yet, read your Bible. Yeah. And for Christians, people who have trusted Christ, you know, Christian means to be Christ-like. Yeah. My my uh, encouragement or challenge is be Christ-like, live like Christ, be real. Yeah. Why are you going to lie? God yeah. knows the truth all the time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're going to be a scumbag, be an honest scumbag. If you're going to be a nice guy or girl, be a nice guy or girl. But be real yeah. and continue to grow to hopefully purity and holiness. Yeah. Um, pe people use the term so many times wrong, perfection and holiness. You can be perfect. Not only can you be perfect, but God instructs you. It says, be perfect as I am perfect, perfect right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. perfection doesn't mean without sin. But it means to be whole and one with God. So you screw up, you get it right, you learn, you move forward. That's perfection. Yeah. It's not without sin. Holiness is without sin. And the word good is used in the Bible and holy. And Jesus himself says there's none good but God. So if Jesus himself doesn't call himself good or holy, we better wake up if you think you're holy or you're a Christian or you're something yeah, yeah, special. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. If you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, if you haven't trusted Christ, read your Bible. It's going to benefit you. If you are saved, if you have trusted Christ, read your Bible every day. It's going to benefit you. Yeah. But for everybody, be real and honest. Because if you're a liar, that's the number one characteristic of Satan. So oh. if you're a liar, that's probably your father. Your My father, God. the devil. My God. It, it says that the spirit bears witness. You see, I think yesterday I put a post out there. I said, um, read it. Make sure you go on a date with God and make sure you study the Bible every day. And in wrapping up, you're saying this. So it's like greater emphasis on the post I made yesterday. And I'm glad it's come to this. Sometimes when I hear some of these things, it's as if it's like you're doing the right thing, you know, for me. Because if things, yeah, yeah you, you're on the right track for me. And I like things like that when they go in sequence like that. We would like to say a massive thank you, Dave, for coming on podcast with Sheila today. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Hopefully this helped. If anybody has any questions, um, if I can help yeah. in any way, even, you know, just listen or pray or, yeah. you know, give give some hopefully godly advice, yeah. just reach out to me through my website, davidpascalone.com. You know, you can check out our podcast. We have so many remarkable stories of people. Then, you know, you pick the topic of what you're dealing with, yeah. and then you listen to that episode, and hopefully it'll help you unlock your life so you can be victorious and successful and free.
Wow, great. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode three of our podcast series, where we've been bringing seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Our prayer for you this week is to receive divine strength to power through life and emerge victorious in all things. Until we meet again, have a brilliant week. Mm-hmm.